Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 80th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week, we have Craig Warshecka, General Manager for the Bradenton Marauders, Low A affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Make sure to go back and listen through the catalog, folks. There's 79 other great episodes with, with awesome people. Uh, that work in minor league baseball with so many different backgrounds and stories. Um, there's something for everybody back there. Go check it out. I don't know what I got to get you guys to do to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, but that is the easiest way to get a shout out on this podcast. Drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. Really helps us drive up the charts and turns more people into members of the TARP crew. I don't know if you guys missed it, uh, but I finally decided to make a designated Twitter account for the podcast. So go ahead and follow that at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast and reach out about coming on as a guest as well. That's also where businesses can reach out to become potential sponsors. You can always follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. With all that being said, uh, we have a great episode with Craig Warshecka. Craig, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Really appreciate you working around my schedule and being flexible. Um, saw that you just went to Pittsburgh recently. Um, I went to Slippery Rock, which is about an hour north of Pittsburgh. So I was wondering how, how your trip was, uh, since I frequented there quite often. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, look forward to the conversation. Um yeah, Pittsburgh was awesome. Uh, it was a great trip. We were up there for a few days, um, caught a couple games. It was always fun. Um, I've been with the Pirates for six years, so we typically go up at least once a year. Um, I haven't been up there since 2019 before all of this craziness happened, right. so it's, it had been a while. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great trip. We enjoyed it. Um, like I said, caught some games. Um, saw some of my colleagues that I work with, um, and you know, some that I've met for the first time in person, just sure. on zoom and teams and so forth. Um, so that was good. Um, yeah, we went to the Clemente museum as well um, Ooh, for the nice. first time and, um, you know, really, really cool city. So it was, it was a good trip. Yeah. Pittsburgh's always a good time. Um, PNC is my favorite park that I've been to. Is it is it yours too, or where does it rank in in your rankings? I guess. Yeah, it is. Um, 
you know, first time being there was 2016 um, when I started with the Pirates. So um, just seeing that skyline and, and stuff like that. And again, going back several more times and, and doing tours and seeing all the, all the pieces of it. Um, it's, it's definitely one of the top, if not the best ballpark. Um, you know, right up there for me personally is Camden Yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up going to games there. So I would say it's Pittsburgh. It's PNC Park 1. Yeah, Camden Yards too for me if I had to uh, if I had to rank them. Yeah, I think that's where where mine lie too. Um, and then I would say Wrigley after that, and I there's not a whole lot of um, like ambiance at, at Miller Park, but it but it is really nice to not have to look at the weather before you go. So um, I did I did like that one for sure, but. Um, did you go to Permani Brothers? Uh, I've been to Permani's before, not this trip. Okay. Um, I didn't venture too far, staying right across the street, so I mostly stayed on the North Shore. I didn't really go into uh, into actually into downtown as much um, as I have a couple of times in the past. But okay, you know, there's great food up there, and it's 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 a cool city, especially in the summer. Um, actually, it was pretty warm, and we did get some rain, so I didn't. I was hoping to go up there and, uh, you know, get some cooler weather, but right. (laughs) Nonetheless, uh, it was was a fun trip for sure. So we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but, um, how's the season going? It sounds like there may be a a playoff berth here while you guys are on the road. Yeah. So we just wrapped up the, uh, home regular season. Our last, uh, regular season home game was this past Monday or I'm sorry, Sunday before Labor Day. Okay. Um, so now two weeks on the road. Um, yeah, it looks like playoffs are on the horizon. We're in second place right now. Nice. Um, looking to clinch potentially sometime this week on the road. Um, so we're keeping our eyes on that and, you know, looking forward to having uh, some home games later this month um, for some playoffs. So it'll be, it'll be really excited. We have a good group, uh, good group, good group of young guys this year. So. Yeah, um, it's been exciting to to watch. That that is super exciting. I I know a lot of Pirates fans, and they are disheartened to say to say the least um, with the with the major league success. So it is nice to hear that they have um, a good bunch of young guys coming up through the ranks for sure. Yeah, our team, um, and also Greensboro, which are high A, um, just a lot of prospects. Um, and I mean, throughout the entire organization too, um, up to double and triple A as well. Um, but I think specifically at the lower levels right now, um, the pirate system is, uh, pretty full of some, some good young talent. So yeah, it's an exciting time. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I was looking at your, at your Twitter feed and saw that, um, your most recent tweet was you running the music during one of your home games. Do you do that often or was that just like a one-time thing? Um, so I don't tweet often. Um, yeah. So that was a rare tweet for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, um, I've started doing it a little bit more often this season. Um, partly out of some necessity, um, just with staffing. Um, right. I usually won't, I'll just do it for like a couple innings. Um, and honestly, I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Um, 
it's just kind of it, it, you really have to pay attention to what's yeah. going on which i think is fun um it's fun to be up in the press box with the PA announcer and so forth. I just kind of like that experience. Um, and yeah, again, I've enjoyed it. Um, so anytime there like needs to be a fill in or even just covering someone to get a break, um, I always will volunteer as long as I'm not, you know, obviously in the middle of doing something else on a game right. day, but if it's, if it's a slower game for me or something like that, um, I'll jump up there and yeah, it's fun doing the, um, the sound effects throughout the innings yeah. and stuff, and you know, my tweet was asking for requests. So, um, you know, just playing different kind of music and stuff like that. I actually did that um, back in my college days at UT University of Tampa. I was I did athletic marketing, and um, you know, we would do like in-game promotions, and part of it was someone rotated and did the music. So I would always volunteer to do the music. Right. Um, back back in those days, and I honestly I hadn't really done it since then, probably until this season. Um, so it had been like you know uh, seven, probably seven years or so. So I was a little rusty um, in terms of the program um, and stuff that we use. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to jump up there once in a while. Yeah, I mean that was always my favorite part. So um, I worked in Beloit for. So I guess as media relations and marketing director for three years, um, spent another year in food and beverage, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but I did the music and the PA announcing both like during, during every home game. Um, so it got a little crazy at times, but like doing the PA announcing is, is probably the the most fun you I have had in a press box, but playing the music is the second most. Like there's there's nothing better than playing a real banger that that gets the crowd hyped up. What what's your favorite song to play when you do the music? Um, that's a good question. I've um so one of my favorite songs is um, Levels by Vichy. I Ooh. feel like that song is just like real high energy. Yeah. Um, so I always I you know that's one of my go tos that I'll throw in there. Um, especially if like the team's you know behind, it's like more of a rally time type of thing. Um, there's a couple others. Tsunami by Gorgeous is another like real high energy song. Okay. Um, but then, honestly, I like to mix in like um, I'm trying to remember like Mr. Brightside or some of those that like people know. Um, yeah. Just to switch it up, so it's like I'd like to cover different genres. Yeah. Because um, it, it is a big part of the fan experience, sure. really, I and mean, that people are listening to music that they like, and you know, I try to so when I do when I do it, I'll mix up different genres throughout the um, throughout the innings that I do it for. Nice, so, nice. I always had to mix in Return of the Mac. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. had to mix that in somewhere. <laughs> um, but you sh- you should have a good answer for the last question, um, considering you've had experience doing music this year. So, um, sure. you also host Pirate Spring Training down there in Bradenton. So, how does your job differ during spring training? And for the Pirates, and then for Bradenton Marauders home games. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a good question. Um, you know, so I, when I was working for the Phillies back and before the Pirates, it was a similar thing where we're doing spring training in Marauders. So it's really, or uh, in that case, it's the Threshers. But yeah. um, so that's kind of all I've really ever known. Um, but in terms of like 
day-to-day and job stuff it is a little bit different but at the same time the same so my kind of my direct oversight of sales related activities so whether that's ticket sales or corporate partnerships you know kind of remains the same um oversight on the like entertainment fan engagement promotions you know like music and so forth like we're talking about relatively the same although different in the sense that you know spring training there's less of that and minor league obviously more of that right what we do um so it's, it's different, but the same, if that makes sense. Um, operationally, a little bit different. Sure. Um, still have oversight on, like, general operations and so, like, guest service and things of that nature. But, um, you know, obviously less, like, team operations that I do during the summer. You know, I'm not interacting with the umpires, really, in spring training sure. or with the manager, you know, occasionally, but not really like I do um, the coaching staff and, you know, the tarp and the weather, um, all of that, that really, that's really more of a, a GM, GM duty on the minor league side versus right. a spring training duty. Um <laughs> And, you know, Pittsburgh will send some support staff to help us So okay. um, during spring training. So, again, it's just, you know, um, long story short, it kind of depends. Um, and some, some days I'm more heavily involved with something versus the other um, thing. But um, in general, a lot of the prep stuff is similar, um, if not the same, very okay. similar throughout between both seasons. Interesting. Okay. How many games do you work per year um considering that you host both the marauders full season and then spring training for the pirates yeah it's a lot you know back to uh 2019 we were typically 85 87 spring oh, training cool. usually usually you'll get 15 to 17 home games okay um, for some reason it varies yeah as it'll be 16, but it's generally in that range. Okay. Um, and, you know, minor league in the past, you'd have 70 home games. Um, this year, 60. I think next year, moving forward, will be 66. Okay. Um, so, in the ballpark of 80-plus. And then, Man. I always say that, you know, we do 100-plus events a year. So, whether that's counting other events that we're going to have to stadium or even counting, like, some of the events that we're putting on, um, in the community, like for example, we, you know, we would do a spring training pep rally in downtown Bradenton. So awesome. not so like, you know, not out at the ballpark, but sure. still an event that you're planning and prepping and working. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, we're typically like a hundred events a year. So okay. it's quite, quite a bit. Man, that doesn't leave you much time for like much of a personal life, it seems. So. <laughs> no, and you know, the thing, um. I think that people don't always realize is spring training games start end of February. So, mm-hmm. you know, first off things uh, like corporate partnerships, for example, um, a lot of that stuff needs to be pretty buttoned up Yeah. prior to that, whereas opposed to in a major or a minor league setting, um, you're, you got to like April 1st, right. more or less. So like our timelines are pumped up on that end. Okay. Um, and the other thing that, gets a little tricky sometimes is you know we're planning for the minor league season while spring training is going on so that's always like a real tricky time because like you're obviously focused on the game days yeah but there's things you know you're, you're really focused on getting spring training up and going and like getting for the first week of games 
Right. Then the hope is once you get into March, like mid-March, you know, obviously you're executing the games, but at that point, like if there's an off day or, you know, the team's on the road, you're really doing like minor league stuff, prep stuff. Right. Yeah. That season and then in the midst of spring training. Um, and it, you know, you're selling tickets for both. You're doing different things for, so like to keep everything organized and, and stuff like that, um, can be a little tricky. So it's a lot, a lot of moving parts that's going on at the same time. Yeah. As, as if people that work in minor league baseball don't multitask enough here, here, you know, people are that, that run spring training, they're man that, that's a whole nother level right there that's crazy yeah that's a lot we have our hands full and again that's pretty much all i've ever known i've spent a summer up in lakewood new jersey as a intern um so that was interesting but again most of my career has been on the spring training and, and that side of things so yeah it's just kind of once the once the calendar flips to january it's like it's we're go basically time. in season yeah, yeah. We're basically like we had that short quote-unquote off season like october through december and that's not long you know, enough. <laughs> a lot of plan- yeah you're doing a lot of planning you're doing a lot of sales activities you got the holidays in there you got winter meetings like that that's a hectic time yeah for other reasons you know aside from the game day stuff so yeah it's, it's we're pretty much going all the time i'm sure your sponsors are are used to it by now but I, I would think it would be tough to get sponsors in by, you know, like February 1st, you know, um, or season ticket holders sometimes for that matter. I, I feel like that's a whole nother, um, whole nother aspect that, that people don't talk about. Yeah. I mean, that, those are things that, you know, we're starting now, um, you know, getting the ball rolling on some stuff. Yeah. Ideally, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to wrap up as much as we can, even part of the at least renewals. You know, try to prior to the new year, and then obviously we're always having like new business conversations right. all the time. But you know, let let that give a little more time to maybe come in at like January into February. But you know, you're then once you hit Feb one, you're really on deadline for like you know, signage or like a program ad if we're printing those or like, you know, things. Sure. Obviously, pocket schedule, like all the logistics of the scheduling, like that, yeah, the art and the artwork and coordinating that, like, yeah, really, yeah, you, that, that timeline's pretty tight to, to get <laughs> my stuff done and ready to go. Absolutely. I'm always, you know, the signage always, like, I try to get it done ASAP every year and it's like, there's Never always something that, like, that happens. We're, yep. we're throwing it up, like, not last minute, but later than that. <laughs> it makes me comfortable, but hey, it's part of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of the business, man. And another thing that's part of the business is the other duties as assigned um, in the in the job description. And a lot of people that, that want to get in the business don't really understand that. So, um I know I've had many things that that were not in my job description pop up, um, and I'm sure you have too. So what's the most other duties as assigned moment in your minor league baseball career? There's been a lot. Um, <laughs> a couple that come to mind are the obvious mascot. Um, I've been a couple of different mascots. Um, 
when I was in Lakewood as an intern, we used to dress up as um, hot dogs and do like a happy birthday dance sing thing, which was like pretty crazy. Um, and then, you know, just the, uh, like the other stuff that just day to day, like I try to be even now, you know, hands on. Um, so like if I, there's a line in concessions, I'll go in and pour beer, um, yeah. things like that. Um, just try to help out where needed. Um, you know, but yeah, I've done, I've done pretty much anything and everything you can think of, whether, (laughs) you know, we talked about music earlier, all the way on down. Um, I've done grounds crew stuff. Um, obviously tarp is, you know, the name of your show. Um, but you know, even the other, I think it was last week I did the, the drag in between innings. Um, I like to, just it keeps me like involved with things like yeah. I never wanted to be the guy that was like standing around like or sitting in the office or just like not really be hands on um, right. so I've pretty like intentionally done that both as an intern and now what I'm doing now yeah kind of all the way through I think the only thing yeah again there's not much I haven't done I haven't sung like the national anthem or something <laughs> like that but anything else I've probably done at least once yeah, I always tell people that you haven't worked in minor league baseball until number one, you pull tarp, and number two, you've been a mascot. So yeah, 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 it's a uh, character build, character building activities. Ain't that the For truth, sure. man? <laughs> uh, sure. What's the strangest thing or situation that you've had to assist with during a game? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, all sorts of random stuff. I'm kind of having a hard, like nothing really pops out. Okay. Um, and I think part of that is like the gap year we had last year. Yeah. Like, you know, knock on, like, knock on wood this year. I mean, there really hasn't been anything super crazy. I think um, this may have been 19 or 18. I don't think I was a GM, so maybe it was 17 or 18, but there was like a raccoon or something on the loose in the stands and we had to like animal control or there was something, I don't, I'm, I'm like losing the specifics, <laughs> um, but there was something like that. So it's like, you never know what's going to pop up on any given day that like isn't on your radar really. Right. To, so that you thought you'd be, you'd be dealing with going in. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you do see, like, the wildlife that, that come out at the ballpark. I remember um, I went up to the press box late at night one time in Beloit, and there was a, a raccoon, like, guarding the door to the press box. Um, in Delmarva, there was a deer that we came, we came in to pull tarp, and there was a deer, like, in the outfield. Um, so that was interesting. And then in Beloit, I remember... Um, I was taking the trash out. It was again late at night, like after fans had already left, and there was a there was a possum in the um, in the trash can itself. And he was living his best life, man. He was covered in nacho. He was covered in nacho cheese and beer, and like he was just like lay, laying there, like he like he was sunning himself on the beach. It, like that's awesome. That's the life, I guess. Yeah, that's like, it's can't it's. Be it's crazy, like the amount of wildlife that you see, like in a ballpark over over years. You know, that's it is pretty yeah. wild. Exactly, um, for sure. So, what's the best and worst promotion that you've been a part of? 
Oh man, so best, um, just one of my personal favorites is we do Margaritaville night at grade and 10 and we've done that for years and um, I just, I, I like the atmosphere. I mean, it obviously it fits into the Florida vibe. Right. There's a Parrothead club that comes out and they enjoy <laughs> it and get a cover band and the jerseys we've done have been like some of my favorites I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's really cool jerseys. So that's always a fun one um, that, that comes to mind for me. Um, I really like the, um, you know, we do Copa, the, the um, Hispanic program. So that's yeah. one of my favorites too. Um, seeing that they like, come to life over the last couple of years. And I mean, I, I really like the diversity of what you do in the minor leagues. So Absolutely. whether it's Pride Night or, you know, back to school or, you know, first responders is another one. We get the vehicles out um, that are really cool and the kids tend to like, um, and, you know, they get to go into a SWAT truck and things like that. And I think that's just those types of things that that's just, you know, the essence of the community feel of what minor leagues is about is every kind of group or, you know, has their night, uh, whatever the case that might be. So um, I like having like a very diverse promo schedule. Yeah. Kind of, you're hitting everything basically. Um, we, we try to really, you know, focus on like executing them well, where you, it really looks and feels and, you know, has all, like you walk in, you know, it's this night. Yeah. Um, not just like throwing something on the calendar and like not mm-hmm. really, not really fully like going all in with it. So, yeah. um, and on the flip side, um, well, let me, let me add one more thing to one that, and this is just personal <laughs> preferences we did Seinfeld night and it was my first year in Bradenton 2016 okay um so I was a I was a group sales you know account executive so I wasn't super like you know I wasn't really involved I was involved a little bit with the planning but um it was just perfect that you know our shortstop was Kevin Newman and second baseman was Kevin Kramer oh wow and they 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 were the double play combo they hit first and second um, so just Newman and Kramer and I love Seinfeld. Um, I just think it was awesome. And some of the stuff we did, um, like for example, we did, um, you know, free tickets to an HOA president, um, could be in Florida, like Del Boca Vista, yep. um, you know, with uh, Jerry's parents and we had a lady, <laughs> we had a lady show up to the box office with like her meeting minutes being like I'm the president (laughs) and I just thought that was so funny like some of the stuff we did like junior mints and um we did one of our little concessions kiosks we had the restaurant sign made yep um did like all you know they're always like cereal like they're always like eating and talking about weird food right we had had all that so that was that was really (laughs) cool but um yeah at least I don't know that I have a least favorite I mean there was a couple back in the day that we did um that honestly they they were like a lot of work and just didn't really there just wasn't really the results okay for example we did a ketchup mustard which i think it was like a tradition thing like ketchup versus mustard yeah it kind of just ran its course i would say okay Um, like i kind of not just me but like when we do our like planning retreat and things like that's one that we talked about and we were like all right like I think it's time to, you know, put this one in the, in the graveyard. Like, yeah, it just didn't really, 
I don't know. It wasn't one of my personal favorites. Um, I don't think it really moved the needle in terms of no. meeting our objectives, whether that's whether that be selling tickets or driving revenue or driving community feel good or driving PR. Like it really wasn't doing any of those things. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that one, not to single that out, but we used to do like a halfway to Halloween or like a. We may have done a Christmas in July. Don't trying to remember, but. Again, similar scenario, like, Doesn't they kind of were a lot of work, yeah. and they really, we have a sign that I stole from another team, it's called the Six Degrees of Ideation, and it's basically like, does it sell tickets, does it generate community, does it PR, right? yeah. you know, a couple others, okay. and if it's not meeting all or most of those things, then it's probably not worth our time and effort and energy, yeah. so there's a few that fall into that bucket that were like, um... We did a decade series a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, I liked it. Like, I liked 90s night, personally. Sure, um, sure. You know? Me too. Like growing up in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but again, similar, like, it really didn't, it really didn't meet the objectives of what, you know, a theme night should. So sure. So, kind of moved on. Yeah. I wish some. I wish somebody would have put that sign up in, in some of my front offices. Um, yeah, because they're... You know, you got to have something every night, you know, or at least you thought so. And if it doesn't move the needle, then then why are you breaking your back, you know, getting ready for it, is, I guess, is the is the question. So I'm glad you, I'm glad yeah. you guys have that. That's that's I've always cool. I've always kind of um, talked about that is, again, like and this is this goes to there's different philosophies, right, mm-hmm. in different places for me. Um, we have a very finite amount of energy and resources, whether that be financial or, or time. Yeah. But we really need to put that into what we really think is going to give us the best return. And to me, that's focusing on making Saturdays the best possible. Yep. And then move to Friday and then move to Thursday. Okay. And that's about it for me um, right. at this point because I just – until those are really starting to, yeah. they're not even where we want them to, like, until we're selling out those games, we really shouldn't be doing much on, much or if at all on, like, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, just because you're not going to, the, the effort is then the return, the cost-benefit is yeah. just, it's not there. Besides, besides like, a beer special or, or something like that, that doesn't take a ton of effort or time guess yeah that makes sense that's what we yeah we focused on like let's keep and and grow thirsty thursday because yeah kind of had a nice built-in crowd and okay so that's our beer night and then friday saturday is gonna be some sort of you know theme promotion giveaway something yeah and then tuesday wednesday we we have this year we did bark on the park on wednesdays so okay i'll just say that there's nothing but you know we kind of bookend like a tuesday sunday is like yeah it's baseball like it's there's not much um, okay besides that obviously we still do the pro in-game promos and um try to make the experience as good as possible but right in terms of like throwing up theme night on it you know we're just we're not do, gonna do that until we get the weekends really to where they need to be okay we want to be. yeah make it makes sense how do you guys do on sundays we um we really haven't done well on Sundays. Really? Um, okay. Yes. I mean, 
think the problem, you know, one of the challenges in Florida is just the heat and the, the, um, you know, the rain and things like that. So we do Sunday day games. Um, and we had in the past, we had done some stuff like we had done our kids club on Sundays. Okay. And again, you know, we, this year we decided, let's just put those, we just put kids club on five Friday, Saturdays and we'll, We'll do like one a month and I, I really liked it better that way okay that way. um because yeah sundays i think earlier in the season when the weather's not too bad um you can do some stuff on like a on a sunday um but you know once you get into the summer months and it's so hot right um, it's just that's a big that's a big challenge for us okay yeah makes sense and i guess that's the difference between like you know wisconsin and florida really <laughs> you know um because because everywhere that i've worked sundays were pretty decent now in maryland like in on delmarva like yeah it gets pretty humid in the summertime like on you know if you're having a sunday afternoon game but but yeah okay that that's interesting yeah cool um yeah. And, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, I would be drinking, drinking a beer or a drink with you, but, um, I'm doing whole 30 this month, um, per my wife's request. So, so no, no, no beers for me, which is, which is unfortunate. It's like the worst time too, because of, um, the start of football season and everything like that. Oh, yeah. So we'll have to have a beer another time, (laughs) but. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Um. Sounds good. So, this question never see, ceases to like amaze me. What is the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan? Oh, that's another good one. Um, oh, there's many <laughs> just <laughs> weird, random things. Um, yeah, I wish I could kind of like point to nothing again similar to the other question. Like nothing really jumps out, but yeah. There, there's, um, yeah, I mean, any given day, there's a random weird question or something that I would have never, like, yeah. that always surprises me, um, and I'm, I'm having a hard time being specific, so I apologize. No, um, you're fine. But, yeah, there's, there's always, like, a weird request or question or something that I'm like, Huh, you know, you you you, you thumps me with that one, or you know, it's something that kind of really comes out of left field, and you're like, "Well, where did this come from?" Right, right. You know? And you you've been doing um, it a while, so so to stump you would be, you know, that that's got to be one heck of a question. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's nothing major that I don't think I've really had, but um, a lot of just little minor things that, like, on the course of someone all someone will just like grab you and be like, Hey, what I'm going to like blurt out something. Yeah. I'm like, Whoa. Like, it, you know, it's something totally random. Or you've never, you've out. never had to kick anybody out or anything. You know, not really. No, I no. mean, there really hasn't been anything. We've had some, um, we've had a couple like minor incidents. I mean, it's, you know, you'll get the heckler or something. Um, things like that but typically typically even dealing with that they're they're usually clean and they're not cursing so okay. i mean as long as they're 
hmm. as long as they're being appropriate and what they're saying you know there's nothing really yeah i mean sometimes you have to be like hey just you're, you're there's there's a line that i think guys or gals you know i think they know it's there and they, yeah they, they, they get like to push it, to it but yep. they know they know like all right like they know we're like watching or listening <laughs> so okay. there's a couple of times i've had to like just go stand in an area and just try to, you know, yeah, like make my presence felt or known. Not, not that, you know, I don't know if that does anything or not, but <laughs> um, it makes me, you know, I'm like, all right, I should probably go down there. And like, sometimes honestly, I've even sat like in a row, like behind or like down and just sit there for an inning and just okay. sit because like, that way sometimes, they it's, sometimes it's like he said, she said, yeah. And I'm like, all right, let me just like park myself there without, without like, being over the shoulder but like let me sit in the section and just like try to observe and okay see and hear what's going on so yeah but uh yeah most of the time it's it's nothing nothing too crazy yeah all right well that that's good on your end <laughs> um, yeah, i've heard other crazy minor league stories you know oh yeah um, over the years but i guess thankfully i haven't had anything super super crazy <laughs> We had, um, in Delmarva, we had a group of, there's a group of, like, foreign exchange students, I guess, um, or, like, they're foreign exchange workers that come out to the ballpark every summer because they get jobs in Ocean City, Maryland, for the summer, and they're, like, from Europe, usually, and, um, they, they got pretty rowdy one time, and, um, which is fine, like, like you know, that cra- that's pretty cool, um, because they're, like, used to being at, like, soccer games, really, and, um, and then after, I think there was, like, a walk-off win, and they stormed the field, because they thought that they could, they could do that, and, like, it was, it was a very, yeah, a very rude awakening to, for them to find out that they cannot do that, in fact, so, <laughs> But, that's funny yeah we have had some people similar just on holiday um you know and we were close to Anna Marie island um and they come down the beaches and they'll but nothing crazy but they you know there'd be people from overseas and they would you know they would ask about like the match or so yeah. on and so forth like different you know and it's pretty cool like they'll typically they're really interested in learning about the game and it's a yeah. kind of cool thing for them to come experience it and you know we were able to teach them some of like what's going on absolutely so, yeah that's cool. really cool um so you oversee the um, sponsorship and ticket sales as well so i always like to ask the my people that are in sales roles that come onto this podcast what's the number one secret to sales in your opinion yeah, and I've, you know, I love sales. Um, I didn't back in the day, um, so I was, like, afraid of it, but I've grown <laughs> to really like it. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Um, the keys, I always say, are obviously relationships is number one key, mm-hmm. and the second key is um, is really being, is really following up with people and being diligent and things like that and being strategic about it. Yeah. Um, so I think you get the right mix of those two things where you're building relationships. You're not just calling from the phone book or, you know, calling from your, obviously not the phone book these days, but like the right. CRM list or things like that. 
but you're actually like get out in the community, you're meeting people, you're networking, you're getting referrals, um, where it's not as much of a cold, cold thing, it's sure. a warm spell or warm call. Um, so that's what I've seen is to be successful and, and being organized. Uh, I've seen that too, where okay. you're like, yeah, there's so many leads out there and you could, again, it comes down to like, you have, you know, a limited amount of time. So like what leads are going to pay off for you to follow up with and, um, you know, what, what are going to be the ones that are going to get, give you the most results for your effort. Um, and knowing when, um, knowing when it's time to move on from, from someone, right. um, is something that I learned. Um, cause there are, or there's always going to be people that, you know, will like, not intentionally, but you know, it's, it's always like, Oh, call me next month or that. Ne- yeah. It's like, that never will end. So at some point you gotta like, ask yourself like, all right, like they're not going to tell me straight up now, but like, and, and the other thing I've learned is like, and I learned this, I don't remember from where, but no, no is not now. No, isn't no necessarily. So yeah. just save it for, you know, maybe it's just not the right time. It's right. Maybe uh, they might not tell you that but you got to have some feel. Yeah. And, and for some, like on the flip side, for some, like it's, it's going to be no, and it's going to be never, but like, for some people, it's just not now, and you're just you're timed it wrong. So like, yeah, you know, I remember back in when I was really in it, like full time, like doing that and only that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have like a um in my in the CRM, you know, I'd like October one, like I would flag a bunch of people for like October one for like yep. the following year, just to kind of like be like, all right, if I talk to you in like January, February, it's just like it's not. I'll just I'll kind of bump you down until there and just organize that way. Um, but yeah, long story short, like I, I really think sales is, um, is like a craft that you it can is. get better at. Um, and I'm big on like professional development and stuff too. I mean, there's some great books and stuff out, out there. Um, uh, fanatical prospecting by Jeff, Jeff Blunt is, okay. um, He's not a he's not a sports salesperson, but I read that book and that a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's some that are sports related, like the Ultimate Toolkit. If mm-hmm. you're familiar with that, yeah. See the and you know a lot of good stuff in there uh, about strategy and process and um, and I'm I'm big on too like you know there's so much clutter out there, right? Like obviously the phone call is still like important, but mm-hmm. you know it's phone email social media linkedin you know yeah. I, thank you notes or handwritten cut like stuff like yeah. that like you're gonna that might cut through like you send an email and someone's getting 100 emails in a day but someone's getting maybe one or two things in the mail um especially if it's like a handwritten where like it's gonna stand out versus like a uh, you know something that you're like oh this is this is like uh a marketing message or something I'm yeah just out. like you see a handwritten thing you're like oh what's this like i'm gonna open it right and you never know like just trying to get people's attention is it's tough but it's like it can it can be fun in a way too where yeah obviously you don't want to like bombard people but like i would always say like one touch point a month yeah and i would and it would vary like it would be a phone call one month the next month would be an email the following month maybe it would be a um a 
a letter or something right. um, just to try to like and different people respond to different things um so yeah i mean you know when i first started doing sales i was in lakewood i was 19 years old um we would i, I will never forget like my first um like outbound sales call we would for two hours a day from like 10 to noon it, all the like assistants no matter what department and i wasn't like ticket sales so you know but you know, other assistants from different departments, you'd all come up to the press box with a little note with a little like laptop and the phone mm-hmm. and you'd just be cranking out calls. And like at yeah. the beginning, I was like, it was it's like crazy. crazy. I was yeah. like two hours. Like this is cr-. like, I, you know, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but like towards the end, it's like you start to have some good conversations with people and you're like, wow, like this is actually, this is actually like coming to fruition. And, I remember when I got into Bradenton, I was doing group sales and I never, I never, I did a little bit of group sales in, in Clearwater, but, um, I remember like some of the theme nights that I was in charge of like faith night mm-hmm. and I got, I think we got like 40 churches and it was just like That's a really awesome. good crowd. And yeah. I remember that night, like, you're like, wow, like, like, you know, like you see, like it's, it's there. Like, right. Wow. Like this yeah. is a lot of work. Like, but you're like, wow, like this is what, you know it pays off like oh yeah like, here it is like here's mm-hmm. all the people in the stands and it's a good atmosphere and it's loud and you're like all right like you're like it yeah. pays off and you get like a little bit of like a adrenaline rush you're like wow like this is you know this is cool and yeah you know, it always it's it's a grind and it's hard i mean you get no and you get hung up on and things like that and that's part of it but yeah at the end of the day like you can it's it's a pretty cool aspect yeah it is like sales sales is a craft right like and and it's a lot of trial and error um like you i was i was young i think i was 23 when when i got my first like full-time gig in minor league baseball and the very first day the um corporate sales director said like hey you're going on some meetings with me and like I didn't. I didn't even know that sales was part of my job, honestly, when I took the job. And then, um, you know, I learned from him. He 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 can sell ice to a polar bear. Like it's it's ridiculous. And um, yeah. I still keep in touch with him today. We both work for the same insurance company, and we can um, message each other back and forth throughout the day. Um, yeah. But yeah, it and like you you learn different things. You learn like how to connect with different clients because I mean, obviously, you know, they're all not going to be huge baseball fans. So it's not like one thing you can specifically talk about, but, um, and even now, like I'm, I'm in sales now, but I mean, the sales come a lot easier because I'm selling things that people actually need rather than what they want. But, but I learned a lot from, from selling stuff that people don't necessarily need you know, um, such as group outings or outfield signs or graphics on the video board, you know, or a situational PA read. Um, so like, and, and the people I work with now, they, they're like, you, you overshare like with, with your customers, like, and I'm like, no, this is how you build relationships because, because when they buy a new car or, um, they're they're looking for extra liability on something you know they're going to come to me like or if they need life insurance they're going to come to me you know so um so i 
I think that like working working in sales and baseball like really helped me a lot as far as um, sales and and building relationships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's all about relationships, and it's also you know it's about like asking the asking questions and asking the right mm-hmm. questions. Yep. Um, and I learned that from the toolkit um, doing group sales. Like, there's a list of like ten questions. And you go through, you know, again, not every conversation, some, you might have to cut it down to three or five, like if Mm -hmm. some, you know, um, but at the end of the day, and the same thing goes for partnerships, um, you know, you're going in, you're doing a needs analysis, you're doing an initial meeting, you know, I'm not going to a meeting trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to ask questions and learn and take notes. And then I will take that back and then I, with that information, I will craft something and then present it. You know, I think sometimes people try to skip that first step and they immediately want to like, yeah, sell you something off the front and like, and you know, and put yourself in the client's shoes. You're like, whoa, hold on, like, what, what is this? Like, yeah. what are you trying to sell me? And it's like, if if you set that tone from the front end, is no, I'm just like trying to ask you some questions about your business or your organization. You know, if you're doing a sales call um, from a group's perspective and you're at, you call someone, and the other thing is, like, you know, I learned this early was, like, you got to be comfortable with interrupting someone because, like, no yep. one's sitting around waiting for you to call. So, like, right. you're going to be interrupting someone and, like, you, that's just reality. And, like, you catch someone and it's, like, you got to be ready to go and just say, hey, like, you know, whatever the case may be your group have you guys done any other events or social activities or whatever it's like, yeah we do this or that okay great and how many people are in your and next thing you know like you're having this conversation that's two two way two-sided yep and at the end of the day like you're like you know what i appreciate the information like you know i would suggest you guys you come out and do this like this sounds like this would be something right up your alley to do a, do a game and come out and, and it's like you're almost they're feeding you the information you're not trying to say anything you know yeah trying to sell you something and the yeah. same thing on like the b2c side if you're talking to just like a joe fan um i've always wanted that to be more of like a customer service touch point of like hey um i noticed you came out to a couple games last year like tell me about that experience you know did yeah. you what made you come out who'd you come with so on and so forth next thing you know you know about the like again you're kind yeah. of building that relationship it might be a small relationship because you're just over the phone or whatever but yeah you know you're like you feel like you're getting another person and you're like oh how about you know i might suggest this ticket package or let me send you this information mm-hmm. follow up with you whatever like and you know and next thing you know that joe fan is actually you know little johnny plays uh plays youth baseball maybe i'll bring his team out or yeah like, exactly know, like and, exactly. and, you know, the mom works at this place and she's actually the one who organizes social outings for that company. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you got a group for that. And that's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's where it like, you start to navigate that and you're like, right. wow, like this is, you know, it pays off. Yeah. It pays off to be, to be relatable and to ask the right questions. You're, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, this one always gets gets a kick out of me too. Um, what's the worst excuse that a game day staff member has used to call out of work? 
Um, again, nothing really jumps out, but I would say is um, a common one is weather is how we looking for tonight. And, yeah, you know, June. It's like, look, it rains pretty much every day in Florida. Like, right, we're gonna play likely, like yep. unless you know, there's the once in a rare case in which we will let you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's not like if there's some information, you know. <laughs> we're, knocking, we're not hiding it. So yeah. That, that happens a lot. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, again, nothing really, nothing too crazy that I can think of okay. um, right now. It's a good one, though. That, I'm sure something will come to me later <laughs> of random, random stuff that comes up. All right. You can, you can, you can, you can tweet at, at me or the podcast. <laughs> yeah. so. All right. So I've I've met Pat O'Connor before a couple different times, but how cool is it to work at minor league baseball headquarters in, in St. Pete? That was that was really cool. Um that really enjoyed that experience. Um I was there for about six months doing an internship and okay. I was um I was like uh, it was the summer going into my senior year. Okay. Um so I was the beginning of it i was it was the summer but then i went back to school i had like one night class i think but i was working like a 40 hour week basically so i was in the office like every day monday through friday nine to five during the summer i was actually still working for the threshers so i'd go i would go work games at night so and then be in st pete and clearwater was like maybe 20 30 minute drops until five and then go work the game okay which is cool too um, but yeah, it was really a different perspective um, on things that I had never sure. really experienced. Being up, and I always wanted to be like in that in those shoes, um, and you know the networking in the office was great. Um, there's people that I keep in touch with that are, you know, obviously with the kind of changes with minor leagues. There's been yeah. a lot of changes with that, mm-hmm. particularly with that office, but. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that I keep in touch with still to this day that are either in, in or around the game still. Um, and that's what's yeah. cool about baseball is just the, the we, you know, we talked about the relationships on the sales and like the, that side, but like the relationships like within baseball is really cool too. And um, met a lot of good people there. Pat, I met, you know, at that time he was on the road a lot. Yeah. Um, I think he kind of slowed that down a little bit. Um, okay. But I still, you know, would meet him and talk to him occasionally and other people. Um, and the cool part was, too, was my job was mostly planning the, the promotional seminar. Um, okay. And then the winter meetings. That was uh, like, so I started in July. Promo seminar was September. Winter meetings was December. So yeah, um, we were planning winter meetings in July and August for December. Oh, Again, sure. it's one of those things I don't think people really understand. The How much good winter meetings and they see, you know, the MLB network and all that. And obviously, like, right. that's a cool part of it. But there was in the past.
past, at least, there was a lot of things on the minor league side, like organizing a trade show and a job fair mm-hmm. and all the seminars and the meetings and the registration for the teams and the hotel and you name it. Um, so that was really cool for me to like plan, help plan like a big event. And then being at the event, like as a staff member, um, and, you know, going there early and staying late, like we were there, you know, winter meetings, which is like four days. We were there for like a full week, like a couple, right. couple days early and a day later. Yep. Um, so we were like setting up and then tearing down. So like, that was, that was cool. And, um, that opened a lot of doors for me because people oh, working sure. at the league office, you know, when we're going to events, like when we're at the winter meetings, they were helping introduce me to different people yeah. that they've known for years, you know, and different things like that. So, um, yeah, you, it was, it was a lot of fun. Was, you had networking was... down pat, man. Like you, yeah. you were like, I mean, obviously you had the, you have the personality for it too, but like you were in the right positions to, to network for sure. So, yeah. And that, that's a lot of what it comes down to. And, you know, part of it was like going to university of Tampa open doors for me. And I mean, what better place for baseball than the Tampa Bay area? Right. Um, I didn't, I didn't even know this minor league office was there until like when I went there originally and I was yeah. like, Oh, this is in St. Pete. I was like, yeah. Um, so that was like icing on the cake, but having like get on board, I started working for the Phillies as a freshman. Okay. Um, so I was 18, no idea what I was doing. Like I wanted to be a major <laughs> league GM, like everyone else. Um, so I had no idea what I was doing. I was, but I started working in the ticket office and, um, I'll give him a shout out because I talked to him today because we're playing them this week. Um, but Jason Adams is the GM of the Threshers. Okay. Um, he hired me back in those days. Wow. He helped me um, get to Lakewood because they were Phillies affiliate. Yeah. He helped me get to them. And it's, it's one of those things like um, one of his interns at the Clearwater Phillies like back in the day had worked then went on to work at the minor league office okay and that was the department and special events that i ended up interning in yeah so like he he recommended me to him um him and some others like john timberlake at the phillies and some others recommended me to bradenton okay so like every you know every step of the way like one it's like a snowball like one thing builds to the next and the next yeah. and the next and that's you know baseball is like it's a big industry, but it's a small one too at the same time that everyone knows each other and, you know, um, it's a cool thing to see where people end up and to keep in touch with people and everyone has diff- their own different paths. Um, some people stay in the minor leagues forever. Some people like go to the big leagues or yeah. will go to a different sport, um, right. college athletics or so forth. Yeah. Well, that's what's great about LinkedIn too is – you know, keeping tabs on people. Um, Absolutely. And all that. And I, and I hope, I'm hoping I can try to pay that, pay that forward. Um, you know, anytime, like, especially someone from UT where I went to school, like anytime I get an email or a LinkedIn message, like, Hey, can, you know, can I interview you for my project or so forth? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like, let's do it. You know, cause that's I awesome. think that's, that's an important thing to like help the next, um, the next wave, the next generation. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the baseball industry, like everybody knows everybody, you know, and um, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit, um, yeah, because we we know a lot of the same people, it seems, 
Um, so yeah. what was it like working with um, former Pulling Tart podcast guest Greg Jamborisi in Lakewood? He's been there forever, man. Yeah, G just uh, G just a man. Um, you know, he's like, uh, and he's like the Sam from like when I was there. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think he like he doesn't age or anything. He's just like the Sam. But no, he's awesome. Um, I have to go back and listen to that one because um, he's he's someone that um, you know through through COVID we would have some calls, some Zoom calls, like minor league calls and he would be on those and stuff so it'd be cool to to you know catch up with him and yeah he would always be one of those guys i would see at the winter meetings normally and just run into and have a 10 minute conversation with in the hallway oh yeah um, type of thing you know and just um no he, that whole crew from lakewood and i was only there for four months um but him and um some others that are there like kevin fenstermachers agm and some of them um that are still there that that's a really good crew and i learned a lot from um those guys because i mean they were that was they were averaging i i want to say like five or six thousand people a game yeah um and, and they would have the tuesday wednesday night crowds and i remember we had ryan howard on a rehab assignment and it was like that's mayhem cool. yeah um, so that was, yeah, that was a really good experience. The GM there, Jeff Brown, I, um, I always get like, give him a shout out to, he ended, he works for the NBA now. Oh, wow. Um, he loved baseball. He went to Rutgers for a bit and then now at the NBA, but he was someone too, that was very hands-on, um, very energetic. Um, and my personality is a little different. I'm a little bit more like introverted, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, like he I remember, you know, he'd be, he'd have his headset on and making sales calls with all the rest of us and, yeah. um, you know, pulling tarp and all that. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's pretty cool. You yeah. know, and that's, that, that, that opened my eyes to like, well, maybe, maybe minor league GM, maybe that's, maybe that's where I want to, maybe that's the direction. Okay. I don't want to be in baseball, but yeah, but that's uh, that a little bit more, but okay. nonetheless, Gigi is, uh, he's the man. So yeah, he's a good guy. He he is the man. That's for sure, man. Yeah. He calls a great game too. Um, mm-hmm. He, I I always loved when he came to Del Marva, um, just because he has tons of stories to tell, and um, he's a great broadcaster to listen to too. So, yeah. um, and then he's done a really good job with like um, uh, social media. With yeah, he kind of, they started like a and actually kind of stole the idea where you're doing like a Zoom call. I remember I actually reached out to him. This was during COVID, and it's like, "Hey, you do, you're doing this." Um, he called it "Catching Up" or something. Okay. I just saw him on Facebook, and he would interview different like former coaches or like where, oh, like, where are they now? Yeah, thing. yeah. Okay. And so I kind of did our own version of that, but I was like, "How'd you do the border on the Zoom where it's like the upper and lower?" And he oh, like showed me that. Okay. Ended up doing so I like stole that from him, but um, he did a really nice job. I think during COVID of like. content and things with their stuff because i still follow them on social media right um and get i'm still on their email newsletter and stuff and i know i know he's the one who he puts all all that that together yeah okay i'm like oh nice huge i'm always like oh nice you know i'm like this is good (laughs) this is you know take some uh that's the good thing about minor leagues too is we're all just stealing each other's ideas oh yeah oh for sure for sure um and then uh we also both worked with Josh Knup. 
and um, and Sean Banks as well. Josh Knup, um worked with me and Delmarva briefly, I guess. I guess for for maybe a year and a half. And then Sean Banks was an intern um, for me in in Beloit. Um, I I and I'll I'll say this. I mean, I thought we broke Sean. I I thought he was done with baseball after after he left because like in Beloit, I don't know what you've heard of, but like it is not the ideal place to to start your career. Um, yeah, and I've heard stories from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he was a stadium ops intern, and then but like I found out that he had a gift for for writing, um, really. So so got him to do some of that for us as well. But um, yeah, we we put him through the ringer with with lots of like stadium ops work and stuff like that, and food and beverage and and that kind of stuff. I I didn't think he was gonna stay in baseball, but. Um, well, he he ended up staying in baseball. I think longer than than me, maybe. But um, now he's the GM of a professional ultimate frisbee team. So yeah. Um, so yeah. what was it? What was it like working with with Josh and Sean? Um, again, like good guys, um, you know. And um, we started around the same time. I would say back in like twenty sixteen and so forth. So. I was younger, they were younger, you know, um, yep. it's been cool to see different paths again, back to like seeing different people's paths. And, um, Sean, actually I saw, um, well, I'm still, I'm still in like Facebook friends and stuff with Josh. Um, so I, I don't really, I haven't kept in touch with him really, but still kind of see what he's got going on. Yeah. Um, he's engaged now. At, at, yeah. And yeah. then Banks, Banks, um, I saw he came down like a couple weeks ago. Actually, oh, yeah. the team was supposed to be playing in St. Pete near us, and I think they ended up getting canceled due to the we had a storm um, uh, come through a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, so they, but he ended up still making the trip. So he came. He actually came out to a game. Nice. Um, but yeah, he's you know uh, it was fun working with him. Um, back yeah, a lot of good memories back in those those days. Again, I was a uh, I was an account manager in those days and Sean was kind of like a, not really an intern, but like an ops assistant. So it was okay. full time. And then he got promoted at the end of the season to a full time. Okay. And then I got promoted to AGM kind of a little bit later. Um, so then I, we worked closely actually for that one spring training. Sure. Um, we worked pretty closely on ticketing um, stuff. So that was, nice. um, that was good. But yeah, he's, um, he's a good guy. It's, it's funny we we have um we have like a, a group chat it's it's sean and two other guys that um we all work together back in in uh in bradenton mm-hmm. and um the other two actually one works for the pirates now okay. in pittsburgh and the other one lives he was from pittsburgh so he moves back to pittsburgh but he got out of baseball okay and sports he works you know for like a for a company um, the business world, but I actually saw the other two when I was up there a couple weeks ago. Nice. Um, we met up after one of the games. So, um, yeah, but we, we keep in touch and, um, it's, it's, it's fun to see people and where they end up. I, I talked, Sean reached out to me about, um, he had like some interns that I taught, I did like a zoom call with and stuff. Oh, cool. 
Um, so yeah, that was cool. And I think he actually, yeah, he tweeted about getting me on here. Yeah, so, yeah. Shout out to Sean Banks. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. call him, we call him Big Money Banks. His little nickname for him. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty yeah, funny. He's a character, yeah. So that he is. That yeah. he is. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good guy, man. Yeah, he really is. He's, he he is. Good. He seems to be doing well with this team. Um, he, it was funny. He came into the game and he's on his cell. He's on his phone. Like all, he's got like his his like pullover. His like DC breeze. Yeah. I'm like, what are you like making deals? Like he's like, like sunglasses like on his phone. I'm oh like, my god. And he's like, oh, he's like, I gotta, he's like, I'm trying to cancel, he's like, trying to cancel these flights, like, for this whole team, I've been on hold for this long, blah, 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 uh, I'm like, it's big GM life, man, like, yeah, you know, just deal with all the fun, all the fun stuff, yeah. like, I thought you were making trades or something with, uh, with your players. <laughs> I, but, uh, I do want to go down and see a DC Breeze game, I'm only about two hours away. I, okay. I, I think I think I should go down at, at some point to to see what. Yeah. yeah. That would be that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Do you have any wild tarp stories? I mean, you guys are in Florida. Like you said, you're pulling tarp like almost every day. Yeah, pretty much every day <laughs> for the most part. Um, we've had a couple. Um, one was so we actually were doing we were doing a concert and uh, one. Of them. I remember this was several years ago, but, um, so we had the stage out in center field. Mm-hmm. We're trying to tarp, like, you know, kind of around the stage, you know, not that it was like a lot, but there was some overlap where the tarp would normally go out to. And the stage okay. Was there. So yeah. we're doing it. And like the storms, like rolling in, like, mm-hmm. and this was like the night before the concert. So stage, it's like a lot of moving parts, like stage was getting, it wasn't even fully set up yet like we start tarping and it was one of those where like it was got real windy like real quick and um i remember we had we started putting like the the carts on the corners of it to just kind of weigh it down yeah and the one cart like i remember like it almost started like it was so windy that like that even started to almost like start to move and stuff like we we barely got it. That was that was a crazy one, and that was I think that was 2016. So that was a while ago. Wow. Um, the other one, this was during a game. I think this was 2019, and we're like mid game, and it was one of those that just kind of came out of nowhere, and it just like started raining really hard, really fast. So like, oh, wow. Thankfully, so when I was my other teams I worked for, we didn't have a cart that rolled it out. So we're like we would push it out. And yeah. That was brutal. So Bradenton, we have a cart that pulls it out, and then you just unfold it. Okay. So you have to roll it. You have to, you know, when you're putting it away, you roll it in. Sure. At least like the cart gets it out, so that like saves time. Right. So we're like unfolding it, and I think someone grabs the wrong layer of it. So like they started going. And like we got to a certain point and then it just stopped, like dead stop. Uh, and like first base was just like completely uncovered. So we got like half on. Right. And like we basically just had to like uh, the game was over. Right yeah. then and there. Uh, um so that was the time we're just like out there getting soaked. Um this actually happened so that was so that was twenty nineteen. Okay. 
the other day, like a couple weeks ago, again, radar's clear. This is a Saturday. It's like around one o'clock. So like we're there for the game that night. And all of a sudden I'm looking at the radar and I'm like, I'm like, oh, like this little thing just like popped out of nowhere. And it's like right south of us. Hmm. Um, so I'm like, man. And then I start to hear it rain on like our clubhouse, like where our offices are. Like you can hear oh, it. Oh, okay. I'm like, what rain? Because like the radar didn't look like, like radar looked like it was still like a little bit far away. Like, yeah. Down here and we're up. And I'm like, is that rain? So like I come like running out and our, our groundskeeper's like calling me at the time. He's like, hey, like it's starting to rain. And I'm like, so we like round everyone up quick and then we get it on barely like because then it starts really coming down and we like sure we barely cover home plate like by like a foot like it's it's and then it gets stuck like yeah and it rained for like a solid almost hour and like monsoon wow like we ended up getting we we didn't really get stuck we got kind of trapped in the dugout um and I, i have a picture and video like it's just coming down in the dugout. The dugout's starting to get flooded. Like, we're, like, <sighs> basically trapped in the dugout. We yeah. Know, like, we could get out of it. But we were just like, all right, let's just sit here and wait it out. Right. Um, that was crazy. Like, it just Man. literally out of nowhere. It's, like, sunny one minute. Nothing on the radar. Nothing. Like, the percentage chances are low. And then all of a sudden, like, it's just boom. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, that happens past- a lot in Florida. Yeah. Even this past Saturday. Um I'm driving to pick up lunch on my way in, um, and I'm like, I'm like, it's cloudy over there, and I'm checking the radar, and there's nothing really, and then all of a sudden, I, the one app I checked, I'm like, oh yeah, it's raining like south, like a few miles south of us. Oh gosh. On my way, I'm driving, and it starts to rain, and it's like a few miles away from the ballpark, but I just like, I just like made a U-turn and just like went to the ballpark. And I'm like just rounding everyone up real quick, and I'm like, "Hey guys, like we gotta get, and we got it on like just in time." And it rained for probably 30 minutes, but like pretty heavy. Where yeah. like we would have probably had some issues. Like, oh yeah, you know, it was enough to to throw a wrench in. So if we didn't get it on, it would have would have had some issues with wow. that game that night. So wow, it's always keeps keeps you on your toes, I guess. I'm sure, man. That's so, wild. Um, yeah. So. Craig, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, so pretty much anywhere. Um, I'm on Twitter, like you mentioned. Um, I don't tweet much, but I'm on there. Um, just Craig Rojeka, um, my username, and then LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, too. So yeah. uh, if anyone wants to connect with me on there, too, um, definitely okay. feel free to. All right, awesome. Uh, and yeah. so I end each episode with the same question. I'm a sucker for for walk up songs. I've edited and downloaded so many. It's probably you know I there's too many to count really. So during your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk up song and whose was it? That's a good one. So this year, actually, one of our guys, he he, had, he changed it since, but he was he had the John Cena like walkout song. There you go. So that was that was a good one. Can you see me? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I was actually thinking about this one. 
couple of years ago, there was a guy that had um, Closer, that Chainsmokers, and that's, like, when it first came out. It was, yeah. like, everywhere. It's, like, I thought that was a cool one. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else, but... Again, there's like back to what we were saying earlier, like the level. I don't know if there's anyone that has. That would probably be my walk up song is levels. Okay. <laughs> Avicii. Um, that's good. something like that. That's like high energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like walk up songs too. I think it's it's a pretty cool aspect thing for of the game. Song. Yeah. Yeah, for Not sure. Unique, but okay. Yeah, it's, it's fun. So, All right, which which one are we gonna ride out to? Because uh, I I always like end it with like us talking and then like it like fades into the music and i play like 20 seconds of the music which one do you want me to do that with you know it's a good one i I like um loud luxury if you've heard of them but body is is like they're really big songs okay that's usually on my list too when i'm when i'm up there doing the music okay um so that's one of my favorites as well it's a little bit more low-key than like a levels maybe but uh it's, it's like a very catchy, all right. catchy song. So that's that's. I'll go that one. I'll go I'll go with that one, and um, I'll add it. There's a actually a Spotify playlist, um, pulling tarp walk up, uh, playlist. So um, you know you can tune into that and and follow nice. follow that. Um, has all of the walk up songs from all my guests. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a good mix for sure. Um, but check that out. Yeah. So yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening, Craig, and being flexible with my schedule. Um, really appreciate it. And, um, best of luck with the rest of the season. I, I know you guys are going to clinch the playoffs, uh, while you guys are on the road. Um, so that's super exciting, but, um, but yeah, let's keep in touch and just thank you so much for, for coming on the Pulling Tart podcast. Sure, thank you. Yeah, thanks again for having me, and uh, I enjoyed it. It was a fun conversation, so thanks again, and keep it up. Like I said earlier, it's, it's cool to, I think minor league baseball is so unique, and I think someone, you know, that's helping to tell the stories and things of, uh, of us that are in and around the game is, is pretty cool, so yeah. So thanks for doing it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Perry. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.